Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I am joined in the studio with last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand and Jason McGovern. For the next two hours, it is the Spurs Fans Takeover. We will be discussing everything where your team are concerned. And as always, because you are part of this show, tweet us, join in tonight, tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 7020 558. We're going to be talking all of the fallout from last night's disappointing result up at Old Trafford in Jose's return against his former team, not getting the points there. His first loss for Spurs as he started. Maybe the new manager bounce is over, but what did you make of it? Have your say. We're going to be talking all of that and looking uh, against the weekend's game against Burnley. Ricky, we have to start at the top as we always do Man United 2-1 I got to admit Jamie said it outside he went he was full of confidence ahead of this game I was full of confidence it's a poor United side this season but it just wasn't to be it's probably the worst thing you can be as a Tottenham fan is confident going into a game and being labelled as favourites going to Old Trafford I think the overwhelming feeling is probably just such a bitterly disappointing display and you know we won't face too many worse Manchester United teams than that too many worse Manchester United managers and that's what makes, I think, the result even more infuriating because we just simply did not turn up. And we know if Tottenham did turn up, we would have got the result. And I just can't quite put my finger on why we didn't put on a display. Yeah, not the display that, well, any Spurs fan would have wanted, Jamie. Obviously, yeah. it doesn't help when you concede very early once kickoff has, yeah. has happened and then very early again in the second half. Very unlike a Jose side at the minute. Where we, we know that Jose, we don't want Jose as a defensive coach and you've got him. But what is happening at the minute, a bit weird that two goals conceded every game yeah. Jose's took charge of. Well, unfortunately, you know, it's a different manager, but the same problems. Um, I think there's clear issues in defence still, clear issues in midfield. Um, but for me, I thought it was it was a really poor performance. And I'd actually go as far as saying it was one of our worst of the season. 
Um, I know people will point out Brighton was probably worse for me. Um, but if you look at games like Bayern, Everton, even the Liverpool when we lost 2-1 at Anfield, there were points in that game where we looked like we competed. Last night, there was nothing from Spurs. It was really disappointing. I think the only moment um, Spurs had was the Deli Alli moment and it was obviously out of absolutely nowhere. A uh, brilliant moment from Deli Alli and, and for me, he was kind of the only one that turned up last night. Well, Jace, Jamie says it was the worst performance of the season. Is that something that you uh, agree with? Well, I think that Brighton one for me it was the worst one but there's no, there's no doubt it was a mess from mess from start to finish you know had that been under Pochettino we'd have been called tactically clueless poor in-game management but I'm not blaming the manager Just, you know people will think I'm going to jump on Mourinho's back I think again you saw all the flaws in this Tottenham squad and the only good thing is that he can see just what a massive job he's got in his hands and that, that gap that had become six points to the top four, forget the top four. This is an absolute mess of a club at the moment. It really is. See, that's what I'm worried about. That, I mean, the hysterical reaction, because I look at it now and I think, even in those three wins we've had, we've seen the issues we've got defensively. He knows that. And we can't simply just try and outscore teams. And I, I go to Jay's point where he says, you know, for him it's the worst performance of the season. For me, I think the second half against Bayern Munich was much worse. Colchester, Brighton, it definitely wasn't good enough. But I think at the moment, he's 12 days into his reign at the club, 13 days in. He's had, what, seven or eight training sessions. Oh, no, we kept a clean sheet at Colchester. <laughs> come on, no, let's, come on let's, let's be serious. Let's be serious. You know, with seven or eight training sessions in, it's very hard to ask the man to completely, you know, change the club over. And how does he... How can he try and have an impact on players making individual errors? Gazaniga for the first goal. You can't get beaten at your near post. Sergio leaving his man, leaving Davinson Sanchez twice to win the ball. He can't do anything about that. And again, mm. in the second half, Sissoko, what is he thinking? What is he thinking? Going to ground, on, you know, changing the kind of box. He's going absolutely nowhere. Mm. And this is what really frustrates me. And it's back to that same old thing we said about Tottenham and this particular squad, that there are too many individual errors being made for us to ever try and get over the line with this particular group of players. And that's why, for me, he needs to break it up. We've talked about a rebuild. That rebuild still needs to happen. And do you know what I like about this manager, Jose Mourinho, is that he won't take any crap. He will get rid of the players that he feels are going to stop him from achieving success at the football club. He won't stand for it. He's really done that with Danny Rose, hasn't he? I mean, obviously, Danny Rose had... um I think it was uh, in the first game. Who did we play first game under Mourinho? West Ham. West Ham, that's the one. Oh, I think Dave, he was... Davis played there. Sorry, uh, no, Olympiacos, sorry. Olympiacos, apologies. So, yeah, look, he had one really poor performance and he was immediately dropped. So I think that's something that's refreshing under Pochettino, as Ricky said. I think uh, sorry, under Jose Mourinho. Um, and Easily think, done, mate. Exactly. Easily done. So it's something that Pochettino maybe wouldn't have done and that hopefully we'll see, we'll see other players drop But he's going to drop all 11 on Saturday. Well, yeah, that, well, there you go. I mean, you could quite easily do that after that performance. Play. What has been, obviously, I get the reaction of you three, the last word on Spurs. What has been the general reaction? Because it seemed after, obviously, you tweeted out after the game, quite a lot of, I was surprised that maybe the reaction to the defeat, I know Jamie mentioned it, it, it was a poor performance, maybe one of the worst, but, you know, people were mentioning the manager, but I thought, is this nah, a little bit over the reaction? Nah. Because last week it was, we have got this spring and ice <laughs> death and we've got a bit of <laughs> momentum back. He's been there for, what, exactly. less than two or three weeks. He's got three wins out of three up until the Man United game. I think it's frustrating because going into that game, when you saw that Man United team, the manager they've got in charge, Spurs should be going there looking to get all the three points. I think the most disappointing factor of it all is that we just simply didn't turn up out fault, second to every ball, lost all the 50-50 duels. And the problem is, you look at that Tottenham team that we've got on paper, 
it's good enough to go mm. there and get a result. But when you defend, like we defend, you aren't going to win anything. Mm. It's very so difficult when you defend like you did last night. You're not going to win anything. We know of the two games, uh, the two goals every game Jose's took charge so far. Jace, you mentioned how much, how big a job this is, how much he has to do. Jamie's mentioned it, you know, the painful rebuild, Tottenham 2.0. Does this only highlight for you just how many problems there still are? Yeah, I think, there, I mean, if I looked at it, you probably, you need a new goalkeeper, you need a new right back, a left back, two new centre-halves, a holding midfield player and a central midfield player. There's seven positions. Tongi Ndombele hopefully becomes the central midfield player, but... He's not done it yet, and he's, he doesn't look anywhere near doing it for 90 minutes, six games in a row, does he? So he, uh, we can all allow him time to adapt to the Premier League and things, and we know he's going to improve. So that's perhaps one of the positions you don't. Mm. But at the moment, he's hardly banging on the door, demanding a first-team place, because when he does play, he plays in fits and starts. Yeah. But the other positions, you know, it's, well, I mean, Serge Aurier, we've given this new role to, to play as a right-back 80 yards from our mm. own goal. Which, which leaves you so lopsided. And yesterday, Sissoko's having to fill in for him at right back too often. That leaves Winks completely on his own in midfield against three. So it's not surprising Winks struggles. Then they can't. Then you're not holding the ball, so it's going from back to front. It was just a, it was just a mess. And I've always said it. It doesn't matter what tactically you do if you've got players making such basic errors. There's no plan can cover that up. And you know that first goal summed it up. Sanchez won the ball twice. But Sanchez was having to play, win it in the right-back position, not as a centre-half. So he's got dragged out of position, wins it twice. The ball's loose. Why is there no white shirt to pick that loose ball up? Twice. So Gazaniga's mistake shouldn't even be having a shot to save at that stage. But then he makes a mistake. You just can't. It's a snowball effect. A one mistake leads to another, leads to another, and we're getting woefully exposed. So Jamie obviously mentioned the positions there, and it highlights still how much work there is to be done. Jamie, mm. you've always said that, you know, this yeah. this Tottenham 2.0, and, and I do bring it up a lot because I, I genuinely believe that the point you made there, but there, there may be Spurs fans, you know, and, and we all get carried away, we all do, we all get excited, but maybe think that Jose was just going to, you know, come along and, and those problems weren't there anymore, you know, almost paper over those cracks. Yeah, look, are we always going to get that manager, uh, that new manager lift, and I think to a degree we've, we've certainly had that he's definitely um, shown signs of changing doing it differently to Pochettino in terms of making substitutions early on um, but one thing that we are really crying out for is a fresh start I think Jason said it before when players like Christian Eriksen I know last week we maybe a few people said that we should get him signed up to a new contract but I think it's just about we should be. This is a chance for Lacelso to come into the team and Dombele. And I think they're even for me players like Alderweireld, Jamba Tongan, and you know their contract situations are going to be um, obviously up in the summer. I just want to. See, I want to see a fresh start. I want to see new players coming into the team. And and maybe this is one thing that does annoy me. We're not seeing Lacelso, and and he's and he's prefer it, and he's he's bringing on Christian Eriksen instead, and that's something that does confuse me. I yeah, don't disappoint you though on that chance to, to Jay. But if you're giving. Ericsson 25 minutes and you're giving Lachelso only 5 minutes I think that pretty much sums up where Mourinho sees Lachelso's future at Tottenham at the moment and I know already 4 games in you can't get too carried away but you would wonder that you know Ericsson's a player that has already publicly stated I want to leave the football club mm. and reportedly again he's done that behind closed doors he's told Mourinho look you know, I'll give you my 100% whilst I'm here and yet Mourinho is still preferring him over Giovanni Lachelso, a player that wants to be at the football club has committed to wanting to join us long term and he can't get more than five or six minutes. That's yeah. a really worrying predicament. I think the one thing I'd say about the new signings is 
always takes a lot a, a while for new players to come into the Premier League. I think we saw it. I think an example I'll give was Fabinho last season. He was he was a good player last yeah. season, but this year he's absolutely out, outstanding. Sadio Mane, I think in his in his Kovacic is another one, isn't it? Well, there, there you That's go. And I think that um, Sadio Mane was a good example. I think he was a good player in his cup first few years at Liverpool. Now he's absolutely outstanding. And I think with Ndombele and Lacelso, it's about giving them time, letting them to settle in. So maybe that's a reason why why we haven't seen so much of them. Gwendozi's not improved, though, has he? <laughs> no, that's that what he's got. I can't argue with that. But there is a, there is an <laughs> argument. Players do come over. They do take this time, a period of you know transition and adapting to the league for a number of reasons. There's new things they have to get used to. But obviously, Lacelso at the minute clearly not getting game time. Ericsson is. Mourinho clearly prefers Ericsson. Could we maybe get to a place? where Lechoso is only currently on loan where he may be not be made permanent Ricky of course yeah of course isn't it because this was this was Poch's man you know but we heard that Spurs yeah, desperately wanted yes, him didn't, yeah, didn't yeah, it yeah no 100% I mean it wouldn't surprise me at all whatsoever if there does seem to be an agreement where he, he goes back to that club I mean, I'm not sure if they can do that in January I know Spurs have got the option to maybe buy him for cheaper in January I'm not too sure because they've agreed if, I think Jason said they've paid is it 14 million they've paid, paid for this 14 million they've paid 14 so. million for the guy already so I don't know if they can just ship him back there that's a loan fee that's, uh, that's, a, loan. A, that's a loan fee uh, the answer to that question I don't know um, what again makes me very clear for me last night is that you know Solskjaer for as much as he's been disappointed at Man United he has got results in, in the big games he beat Chelsea 4-0 um, so you know, you look at it in a way and you think, did we set up right? And I look at that midfield, and for me at the moment, the Sissoko and Winks partnership, it's never really worked. It just hasn't. And, you know, that long-term needs to be looked at. For me, Tungu Ndombele is the man to come into that central midfield. It's maybe about finding a partner for him. But, um, again, but- just so frustrated by, you know, Sissoko last night to give away that penalty. The no. guy's going absolutely nowhere. Why stick a foot out? It's basic defending. Why give the referee a decision to make at Old Trafford? They aren't going to overturn that. It's not. But if one one partnership is not going to... I don't think any one partnership will work when one no. of them is constantly having to cover at right back. So you perhaps have to go 4-3-3 to make up for that and have make sure that you don't get left with one player in midfield. I don't think it matters whether it's Winks and Dombele, Dyer, Sissoko could play fourth in there you can play anyone but when you're on your own against two or three in there it's never you're always going to get overrun well Jason that's interesting because you have had a tweet in uh, this time from Martin Dolan it says uh, we can't play a front three and Delhi behind Kane we need a three in midfield with Son Kane Delhi further forward a defensive midfielder with two of Ndombele Sissoko Lachelso ahead of them because Serge is a real problem as Sissoko literally spends the whole game covering him and leaves that uh, position open well, what I've just said, isn't mm-hmm. it? And I think Ndombele, the problem is, whilst we all want Ndombele, we know he doesn't look anywhere near fit enough. No, he doesn't have, the, le- he doesn't have the legs for 90 minutes. Legs, so yeah, he doesn't have the legs Is that minutes. worrying so that we're in December start- and we still aren't, we aren't seeing fitness strides from him yet? And, you know, like I say, I, there's been glimpses of Ndombele where we know what he can be. And he oh, has yeah. looked good in But it's been in spells, periods, hasn't it? But it's tiny spells. And, mm. and actually, you know, whether it's Pochettino, whether it's Mourinho, whoever is alongside... We expected a bit more than what we're getting from him. Let's be fair, he's had six months to sort his fitness out. He's not fit. That's that's down to him. Uh, you know, mm. he's got to carry the can for that. And he's he's got to raise his own levels up to mm. be able to play for 90 minutes, four or five games in a row, not for 25, 30 minutes once every three weeks. Jamie, you disagree with that? Um, no, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I think that it would really help him if he had someone in there uh, <coughs> alongside him. I really think it's going to be important to have a holding midfielder in there alongside him because Tongi and Dombele 
um, is a guy that gets forward. I think his attacker, I think we saw against uh, Red Star at home, he was getting forward so much and he just looked so creative, um, passing balls through the lines. He needs somewhere in there who can sit and and do all the you know the defensive work and allow him to go forward and express himself. I think that's what he's really good at. Um, and, and for me, I think that he's not performed. One of the reasons he's not performing at the moment because he doesn't have a he hasn't found the right partner at the moment. Yes, an interesting one. We're still going to be talking all about Man United. Uh, uh, Delhi's comments after the game and taking your listener questions. Love sports. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. Well, we're just beginning to have the first word on Spurs in the game last night. Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand, and Jason McGovern. Still time for you to have your say tonight. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 7020 Well, weirdly, whenever I speak to Jamie Brand or I'm in Jamie <laughs> Brand's company, a Premier League manager gets sacked because Marco Silva has just been dismissed as Everton manager. Manager. I know this is the Spurs show, but it is breaking news into us very, very quickly on it. Jamie, what, what do you make of that? No surprise, well, really? Well, there you go. And I think if, um, for, for one, yeah, well, certainly not a surprise, but um, if you look at the people that he's that is, uh, lined up to replace him, you know, and, and the people, and we've just brought in Jose Mourinho, for me, Spurs and Everton are kind of similar sized clubs. And, and the fact that we've managed to attract a manager like Jose Mourinho, I think that says a lot about us and, and kind of the state of the club. I know a lot of people have been complaining about where the club is at. Um, and Dan, maybe Daniel Levy's ambitions, but for me, you look at maybe they're going to get, they're probably going to get in someone like David Moyes. We've just got Jose Mourinho, so for me, I think it says a lot about where Spurs are at. Look at Jason's face; he's got, he well, quite well, well, As I just said to you, the telling thing for me is it was a Merseyside derby last night, and Liverpool treated it like a Carling Cup tie. Completely, it completely squad rotated, and yeah. you think, well, no Salah, no Firmino, mm. left players off, and we're still four up at half time, and. You know, could you imagine Tottenham in a Premier League game when they're going for the title? Exactly, it's incredible. Just think, oh, we can squad rotate for that game. (laughs) Some Everton up. I mean, Jason saying it, you know, the Spurs perspective, but that really was the last draw for the Everton board. You would have to think, Rick. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I think about what Jason said. You know, for Tottenham to have attracted a manager or head coach in the calibre of Jose Mourinho, I'm thankful we've got the man at the club. Mm. I just want to see a, a, you know, a bit more of a positive reaction on Twitter. Some of the reaction over one defeat, I just find it staggering. You know, yeah. this is the man we need to get behind now. He's had three great wins to start us off. He got a new manager bounce. It's not going to be easy. I mean, you look at defence, it's certainly not going to be a quick fix. We mm. all know that. You know, there's definitely problems there. And he can't wave a magic wand and make it all better. He's going to need to get some of these players out because... I don't know how many times we've sat here, Chaz, over the last year or so, and we've spoke about games where it's individual errors costing us week after week after week, especially in the big games as well, not just the smaller games. And you can't expect, you know, a new head coach to come in and try and eradicate those out of some players' games. Mm. And unfortunately, it's always going to be there. So you have to try and move these players on. And what I know about Mourinho is that he's ruthless. You've seen it with Danny Rose. He just won't play him. So what's changed in football now then, Ricky? Because you said some of the reaction last night, I saw it, I, I, I was a little bit taken aback myself, but um, this isn't just Spurs, this is every football yeah, team. Now. Is, the yeah. picture, why Why does this happen now, Jason? When when you do lose two or three, it's like, get someone out, we'll get someone new in. Where, 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 where have we got to this? It just is. I mean, the reaction was one way last night, but then the reaction of people going completely mad and, you know, there you go, this is the style of football it's going to be because we've beaten Bournemouth 3-2 at home. You know, it's it's... We weren't as good as beating Bournemouth 3-2 and we're not as bad as Hyde as losing to Man United. It's in between. And sadly, I think this season, I think we got what? now? How many games we got left now? 20, 24 20, games, 24 games left. Yeah. We'll probably win 10. We'll lose 
seven and draw the rest. I think that's what it's going to be for the, the rest of the season. And you'll have that constant... I don't know about that, Jason. I, I still think we've got the capability. Listen, I still think we've got yeah, more than capability no, 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 to no, go on a run. Why I say that is because I think the top four nine points behind Chelsea, mm. 15 I don't think there Leicester. is a top four at the minute. No. I think there's a top two and then yeah, there's a, a next what, drop down what, at the minute. What I think you'll see is as the season goes on and that gap, I don't think it will close that much. We might get to within six points, then we'll lose one. And then suddenly those Champions League knockout games will come, which took the priority as they did last mm. year. We'll go for an FA Cup, which will take the priority instead of rotating in the FA Cup and the Premier League games will become less and less important to us as the season goes on. That's that's what I mean. We're capable of winning more, I, but the, the harsh reality means we I won't. Totally I thought the, I thought the one of the reasons we, we've kind of reacted like that was to get into the top four. Do you not think? I thought that yeah. the hot, <laughs> we got rid of Mauricio because results in the league weren't good enough and Jose Mourinho is a guy that knows how to grind out results, knows how to win. And I think that the, the, the Premier League will be um, certainly prioritised over the FA Cup. And I think that that's one of the reasons that maybe we haven't gone for FA Cups in, in, uh, in the past is because we don't really have the squad. I think even you said before, uh, with, with teams like Manchester City and, and Chelsea, they're always just going to hoover those, uh, the, those yeah, cups up they because they've got the squad... Uh, even Liverpool now. I mean, to, to you have... think Spurs will prioritise the FA Cup? Did you? No, you, I they won't. I, no, I, I don't think they will. I said I think I, I think that, disagree. I, I think do you, really. I think oh, well, Spurs are going to massively prioritise the FA Cup. I think again, I'm going to agree with Jay here. I think he's been brought in to not win the yeah. FA Cup this season to go make sure the club get top four. They need it for the stadium, and I think we've already played a lot of the top eight away. Therefore, you know. We've still got them all at home. We've still got to play Chelsea. I think there's still more than enough games to make that top four. Listen, last week we're sitting here with half the gap from 12 points to six. We're all getting carried away thinking we can make the top four. Suddenly one defeat and we're all thinking it's over again. I think there's such a long way to go. There's so many twists and turns. We're in December. We're in a massive Christmas period to come now where games come thick and fast. I think there's still more than enough time to get into that top four. I genuinely believe there is with this head coach. But you have hired Jose Mourinho, a serial, serial winner. This man loves every cup competition. He he doesn't not prioritise the cups. If it was the League Cup, he would be going absolutely tooth and nail (laughs) to win that. You're telling me that Jose's just come in and gone, we've got to get this top four. It will be the the strongest team in the FA Cup. Might be, but I still think... It's Gillingham. No, uh, Um, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, excuse me. I still think the remit set to him by Daniel Levy is that the club need to get top four. Regardless of his cup record... His remit will be, we need to get top four. They haven't just sacked Maurizio Pochettino yeah. because he's not going to go and prioritise the FA Cup. They've sacked Maurizio Pochettino because the club needs to get top four oh, no, for that that's stadium completely different. to attract the players. They have to get top four. That's as may be, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that may well have been his remit. But if you look at it, we're nine points behind it. Right? Well, we've seen how quick they can get Fifth, shortened down though, Jace. Well, it got cut to six. But yep. to cut it down, Rick, you've got to go and win six of the next eight games or win nine of the next ten games. Because those clubs above won't. Leicester have Leicester have now fifteen points clear. If they lost five in a row and we won five in a row, we're still not in front of them. I'm not. I'm not. So what third, I mean I'm is, at Chelsea. I think Chelsea I think, is still catchable. I think well, Lee McQueen said Leicester definitely guaranteed not finishing yeah. in the top four. And so <laughs> let's be fair. If, if the gap was nine points by the end of January, at which stage do you think? And it's FA Cup round four day. At which stage do you think? And we've got Champions League that first weekend or that first week in February as a mm. knockout round. Do you think we've got Wolves at home, so we better win this game? Or do you think actually we've got Juventus away on Wednesday night? 
what is the point of winning this game? I still don't think he'll give up on that top four no. until it's mathematically impossible. I don't think he'll, I don't think he's coming out thinking, right, I've got to win the FA I Cup. Think, no, I think he's doing both. Champions League. Yeah, he's doing both. But there'll definitely be that remit from the board that we have to yeah. get, try and get top four. We have to. That'll be the main priority. I don't think he'll throw the, the cups. I think you'll still get some strong lineups like you say, Chaz. But I still think he'll look at it. And with the home games to come, with the players that he might look at in January, I'm not saying he can revolutionise and change the whole squad. Mm. Tottenham have to be looking to finish yeah. in the top four. They have to be. We're sitting here a couple of weeks ago saying how important it is for Harry Kane to play mm. Champions League, Deli Alli to play Champions League, Hummin Son to play Champions League. They have to try and get in the top four. And, and with the new stadium as well. well you exactly. don't have no, I think he's, he's going to be fighting for that. Absolutely. But I think he's going to do both just as much. I don't, I don't think there's a, a, a one and a two. I think it's one A, one B here. I, I, think really he, think I, think, I really do think he's capable of getting both. I don't, I don't think it's just, you know, we'll, we'll one choose or the other. one or the mm. other. I do think he can get top four and and, uh, and win the FA Cup. But for me, I just I don't think the club would... It doesn't benefit... The FA Cup does not benefit the club. It's just something that Daniel Levy can say, I won the FA Cup winners at Tottenham. The club want to get Champions League football. That's the most important thing for next year. And then next year, they can then start trying to win those trophies. Because if you don't have Champions League, you're not going to be able to attract the best players. You're not going to have as much money to spend in the transfer window. And then we're not going to have a, a, as good a chance to go for maybe the title next year or or try and win a, a, the, the FA Cup next season or whatever. Isn't that a battle, though, that you, you maybe that Chris, who comes on the show all the time, Chris Callan, last one, I suppose, he says, you know, if you're just constantly just becoming that club, we're just trying to yeah, go for top four, top four. It is about trophies as well, of isn't it? Is, but I think if you ask Chris now, he would sit here and say that the club needs to have top four. They haven't, as I keep saying, they haven't sacked Maurizio Pochettino to then win an FA Cup. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. If you ask Chris if he wants fourth and no trophy or fifth in the FA Cup this year, I bet I know Chris's answer. Yeah, yeah of course. You, I mean, of course I'd, listen, if you're saying fourth and no trophy, the club needs to have the Champions yeah. League, don't they? They have to. Why are they just sacked Maurizio Pochettino? I want the Champions League. What I'm saying is, Rick, it, it's not that I don't think we're capable of doing it, mm. but as the season goes on, unless Chelsea and Leicester collapse... It doesn't matter what we do. I'll be honest, I'm not going to listen. I'm going to look at do. Chelsea. I think well, Chelsea can collapse. Nine points clear. So, We've just seen Chelsea lose at home to West Ham. Well, you've seen Tottenham drop stupid points. But, I mean, that Chelsea game on the... When's that? December the 18th, 22nd, is it? 22nd. 22nd. Something mm. like That's that. an absolute must-must-win game. Of course. Yeah, if, we know that. Yeah. Let's say Chelsea came to White Lane and won that game. It's going to be very difficult, isn't it? So then, really then yeah, you think you can get in the top four. So you're going into January and February thinking, as much as I try and get this... The reality comes in, and so you'll they'll change their priorities somewhere else. And we saw Tottenham do it last year, where the Champions League became the priority to stay in it over league points. That's all I mean. I, I still think at the moment it's still all to play for. I think with the, with the new manager bounce, I still think a lot of players like Hummin Son, he looks reinvigorated. He said it's an honour to play for Mourinho. I think you will still get players that will be attracted to the club in January because of the manager that we've got in charge or the head coach we've got in charge. Yeah, it's a lot to make up points-wise, but I'm still confident we can do it. Yeah, I, I, I am too. It's going to be an interesting one. It was a really passionate debate. Have your say tonight. Call us 0208 70 20 558. Love sports. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand and Jason McGovern. We were just having a fiery deba- debate about Jose Mourinho's remit for the job. Top four, win the FA Cup. Where will he uh, his be, his be priorities? Can't even get my words out because I'm so confused where they are. We have had some <laughs> tweets in, though. This time from Matt Gibbons. It says, top four laughing faces, lads, come on. We have to score two goals at the minute just to get a draw. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it's I just one three on the bounce. 
Yeah, and, and, look, and, and I think the other thing I wanted to say is I, I really think that we're being overly negative about this Manchester United. I know they're poor at the moment. Yeah, you were the one that said it was the worst performance of the no, season. Oh, all right, okay. No, yeah, all right. It was it was a poor performance. <laughs> I saw your player ratings. Yeah, yeah okay. It was, no, you no, started no, this rumours. I know. I have you been kicked it off. I've been positive. No, I know. I saw your hashtags get him out. <laughs> She's been embarrassed. No, no, no. I, I, but Bailey Hotspur. Old Trafford is Old Trafford's always a. Di- I think it's always a difficult place to go. We saw they beat. Uh, oh, they beat Chelsea at the start of the year <laughs> well, hang on Jamie's coming back here you are. Oh, um, Drew with Liverpool last year I think it's a difficult place to go yes it was an awful awful performance but I think United were so up for it last night but yeah <laughs> next question no, he's, he's fuming I can't wait for the opposition for you when me and Jason <laughs> take over let's quickly get uh, some of your listener questions because uh, you're a big part of Last Word on Spurs we always appreciate you getting in touch this one from Lewis Riley uh, individual mistakes week in week out it has already cost us one brilliant manager when are the board going to wake up and realise that this squad needs a rebuild it just feels like Jose has been brought in to get the best out of him in the short term and we are papering over the Correct. We can't buy them now, can we? We're not in January yet. <laughs> no, I mean, that's the first days. stage. We're not, we can't buy them now. We can't do much until January. But maybe, you know, I don't ever want to see Tottenham lose a game. But maybe it is good if we do lose a few because then Jose can go in January and say, look, I might be, in theory, the best manager in the world and you've brought me in to do this and that. But yeah. this squad needs needs completely renovating. Yeah. A yeah. massive renovating. And so, you know, each kind of defeat... Won't hurt me too much in the Premier League because I think, like I say, I don't think we can get the top four. And so, whether you're fifth or fifteenth in that respect, there's, there's, as long as you don't go down. So every time we get a defeat, reinforces Mourinho's hand to go in there and say, Daniel, cough up. Well, absolutely. We have had a call into the studio this time from Shuben. Shuben, thank you for uh, joining us tonight and giving us some of your time. What did you make of the game last night? Um, it seems a bit unusual for Jose to be so attacking away from home. You know, you normally expect such a fishy game United being a bit more pragmatic, and he wasn't. I don't know whether he's trying to be, be a bit too, um, you because know, he's doing a lot of like, ball boys and being all nice and genial. I, don't, I think Jose has to be Jose sometimes, you know, grind out a boring win, they do sometimes count. I think one thing at the moment is, do we, do we actually have the players to be able to grind out the win? I think that was something Jason said outside at the moment. We've got to try and play to our strengths. And I think at the moment, do we have the defensive players? Do we have the players to be able to go and uh, park the bus or you know, not park the bus? I hope we don't ever do that. But Or, or produce a more defensive display. Um, at the moment, I do question whether we, we do have the, the players in, in our squad to be able to do that. Well, I, I, the other thing I was a bit curious is just Lucas because he's not a person that's going to be tracking back. We know Serge is going to get forward. That's why I took us on Saturday. Let's Joko was doing quite good covering the surge mm. going forward. But I don't know why, like, literally, because Lucas wasn't doing that. And then Serge had to basically go help Serge. So had to go help Serge out. And then Winks was just isolated. And we made, well, I think, I think was it Fred had, had a compilation clip, apparently, about the game last night. We made it look like a world beast. <laughs> so clearly, Jose's done for Fred what he couldn't do at yeah, Spurs, what he couldn't do for him at United. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Shubin. We really appreciate your call into us tonight on the last word on Spurs, the Spurs fan show. So many of you getting in touch uh, uh, 
by calling in or through Twitter. You can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. Let's get to some more of those listener questions. This one uh, comes from Gage Cooper. Simply, how did we make United look so good last night? We made uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer look like a genius when he simply is not, and that is because we were so bad. Spot on. 100%. Yep. Every word is so true there. We made United look like world beaters. We did. But Tom and A, God, he looked like, you know, Ballon d'Or when they were playing. <laughs> and that, again, is down to our own performance. There's no dressing it up. We weren't good enough at all from minute one. Um, you know, we were out for out-battled, you know, we lost every 50-50 duel. I think Marino would have been really disappointed because he hasn't sent those players out there to go and perform like that. He really hasn't. We saw it under Pochettino as well, that some of these players are just incapable of doing the basic things. And, you know, Jason said this many times, that with this group of players, mm. there are too many errors in their game to ever get over the line, no matter who the manager yeah. is. It could be anyone in the world, but when these players have got fundamentals getting them so wrong week in, yeah. week out, you're not going to win anything with this team. And the great thing I know about this head coach is that he will not continue picking them. Yeah. Mm, next question uh, from Darren uh, saying, is this what we've become? Why so much hysteria around this single loss? It's exactly the result and performance that uh, this we've seen from this season. We started both halves badly. Gaza's first howler, Peak Sanchez, Weeks uh, MF Axis, and yet they still only won by a marginal pen. Jose will sort it. Hashtag come on you Spurs. I think the reaction isn't just because it's one game. It is tagged into all the number of poor performances and like I say I don't blame Mourinho for it last night like I don't think Pochettino was totally to blame for it before those players aren't capable and we're seeing mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake and if you keep doing it the same thing's going to happen so you know um, there'll be more defeats around the corner for sure all right next question from Steve uh Jamie you can take this one uh does anyone else think Winks is overrated? Look, I can't fault him for his effort, but effort alone is not good enough if you want to be an elite player in the mm. top four team. He doesn't offer much defensively or offensively. He just runs around a lot. Yeah, look, I, I'm a really big fan of Winks. and I, I, I Does he get it? Oh, Jamie, don't start. Jamie, don't start. No, as I said, I, I'm a really big fan of Harry Winks. I think that he is a really gifted football player. Um, the one thing I just worry about is where does he fit into this Tottenham team? Um, as I've said, I think that Tongi and is the future of Tottenham Hotspur. Obviously, 22 years old, um, which I'm, I think that make that does make him uh, younger than Winks, which is quite incredible to think. But as I said, I, I worry to where where does he fit into the team? I think that Ndombele is going to be the guy that will be um, that playing that that number eight role. Um, but yeah, with Winks, yeah, it's difficult to know where he's going to fit in uh, long term. What, what do you think on Weeks then? I like, I, overall, I like Winks, but Winks is not good enough to play as one against three in midfield. Mm. But then no player at Tottenham's good enough to play one against three in midfield. I'm not sure. I mean, I've always been a massive fan of Winks. Yeah, I love his passion for the game. I love that he's one of our own. I just don't know if a time ever he'll be a Mourinho player. I, I really don't know that. I think he may look like an upgrade on him. And that's no disrespect to him. Because I think he's going to be a, he'll be a great player. I think wherever he goes, I think he's a, a, a great, maybe top six player. I'm not sure if he's got the ability to go and be a, a, a team, a player of a team that could go and win, you know, a Premier League or a Champions League. And that's no disrespect to him. Because I think he's been great during his time at Tottenham. He's a, an academy boy. I would never want to, you know, drive a player out who's got talent. But I just don't know if I see him under Mourinho long term. 
Mm, this next one's interesting. I think it's definitely going to start a bit of a debate. Uh, from Slick Dog 80 we appreciate that, Slick Dog. Uh, is anyone else starting to question Kane's leadership ability? Since Hugo's injury, I've not really seen any difference in the team. I've certainly not seen uh, Harry Kane rallying the troops, demanding more from his teammates, getting in everyone's ear. Yes, world-class striker. Not sure about his captaincy. Well, he scored the goal against Olympiacos. That brought us back to 2-2 to two, two at the time. I mean, I'll give him that. But apart from that, really, if I'm being honest, you the Brighton display when we you know went a goal down that's where yeah. you want Harry Kane to be you know rallying all the troops get them going we never end up doing that we lost that game 3-0 last night again you want him as a leader to try and push the team on I think Deli Ali carried all those 10 other players if I'm being honest with you with his goal and the way he played it does worry me and I think when many question the past why is Hugo Lloris the captain of Tottenham and not an outfield player maybe you're just seeing why maybe we haven't got many of those actual proper leaders on the field despite all the experience the likes of Alderweireld Jan Vertonghen maybe they're just yeah we haven't really got anyone that can get on that pitch and really kind of you know roll them up Jason I think well I said that about a month five weeks ago after that bright I said I want to see a lot more from Kane as a captain on the pitch Mm. off the pitch he obviously has a big influence and and I think he's got the total respect of everyone off the pitch but on the pitch yeah it's Without a doubt, he's got to do more as a captain. I, I don't. I'm not sure. Quite sure if these players are able to. You're able to motivate some of these players. Uh, I think there are a lot of people in this team that just are, that are kind of not fully committed to Spurs. I think one thing that, that as I wanted to say earlier is that I think Spurs do need to wake up and realise that yes, we've got a lot of talented players, but I think mentally a lot of them maybe need to. We need to change it up. And as I said, I think with Harry Kane, he faces a very difficult task because he's got a lot of players in that squad. I feel that you can't motivate. So yeah, I think, I think that the, the overall problem um, is that this side has lost too many games. And now a loss doesn't hurt so because they've got used yeah, to it. So they just think, oh, well, we've lost by one at Old Trafford. It's 2-1. It's, you know, I don't think if they're relaxed, they get away with that for much But unfortunately, he's got to change the players because it's now in those yeah. players. And, and he's been here. To, that's a massive problem. And he's had two weeks to try and solve that. It's, mm. it's, it's just not realistic to expect that. I think that, in a way, I've, I was behind the appointment of Mourinho because I feel it's exactly what the club need. It's that... Uh, winning mentality to get us over the line and uh, I don't know it's just well one player that you have been able to motivate or Jose's been able to motivate excuse me is Delhi, and he's been absolutely brilliant since Jose took over I think we need to shine a light on him next Love Sports you're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. We are not having the last word yet. There is still loads to come, which means still time for you to get your tweets in. Tweet at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 558. Joined by Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand and Jason McGovern. I think we've uh, covered the game quite a lot. And, you know, we've talked about the negatives to fall out. I think it's only fair we talk about Delhi because he has been absolutely, not just in this game with a great, goal against United but since Jose took over apparently you know he said on the first day of training who's been playing because it's clearly not you it must have been a relative or well, Delhi hasn't looked back since has he Ricky? No he's been brilliant he really really has been and I think he's one of the players that has been really reinvigorated by mm. the change in manager he has put him right you know just right behind Harry Kane in that number 10 role and he's flourishing he really really is I mean that's a quality goal and Delhi that's what, what I mean when his confidence is up yeah. you see that that ability, what he's got. I mean, it's for me, it's one of the goals of the season to take it out of the air like he did and finish like that. And if VR would have ruled that out, I think God, that would have been so cruel. Fantastic goal from Deli Ali. Yeah. 
Great player, great, great player. Great player, great goal. Absolutely, it was a brilliant goal, the way he brought it down mm. and in the finish. I mean, two United players on him still managing yeah. to finish. Jamie, why the difference then in, De- in Deli Ali the last three, four weeks? Well, I think he's had a really difficult year in terms of obviously he picked up that injury at Fulham and uh, with the hamstring issue. So that, that's, that took a long time for him to get back. I heard it was a very, very bad injury and, um, you know, those hamstring injuries take a long time to recover from. Um I think I've said before it just it kind of felt as though this season he needed like that big moment of confidence and um I think it was when when Pochettino was in charge um and it wasn't maybe it wasn't a moment um during a game that that produced this uh getting his confidence back I think it was Mourinho and I think that that has been a big lift and when Dele Alli has confidence he can just express himself and he's absolutely incredible player um, and his goal was just obviously absolute class to take it down like that and, and bring it into the position to be able to go and score was yeah it just shows you what a great player is and I think also to to produce a moment like that out of nothing is why Deli Alli is such a good player and why similar to the one in the West Ham where he kicked the ball in play for the yeah. goals that yeah. was almost that and nothing wasn't but it, it? Yes, but that, that's a sign of a, a, a really class player um, and that's why maybe when, when he's not been playing so well I think we've seen uh, in the past you don't he's never dropped because mm. managers know that he can do something out of nothing well uh, Jose loves that midfield player doesn't he the one who leads the team the linchpin of the side could we see it that maybe Jose builds around uh, Deli Alley, Jace. It was a fantastic goal. That was the thing, wasn't it? I love the sight of those two Man United players kind of running it, past yeah. him as if they was in the hundred meter sprint, and he just <laughs> stayed in his blocks and went the other way. Fantastic. But uh, I think we'd started to see him come back. In fairness, Watford when he got forward scored. Everton when he got forward and scored. So the the signs were there, and he, he gave that interview, didn't he, after the Everton game, where where he was very level headed yeah. and started to say, "Look, yeah. you know, I I am getting back to." Mm. To my own thing, I, I think yes, he's playing further forward, but let's not forget, you know, part of him for three and a half years he played in that position for Tottenham. So it's not like Potts never played him there. But mm. then last season you had Winks injured, you had Sissoko injured, Dembele got sold in December, Wanyama disappeared, Dyer disappeared. So it was a case of he's a midfield player. We're going to have to plug him into a gap because we were so decimated in midfield at times. Yeah. And then, you know, people say he's playing closer to Kane, but then Kane wasn't playing for a lot of love the second half of last. He got two injuries, didn't he? Missed games in January, missed games at the end of the season. So, you know, I think that he's, he's far better for Spurs when he plays right up that top position in the pitch. And, and mm. at the moment, he's able to do it because there are players. But then look how weak we are in midfield. So another manager might come in and say, look, you're going to have to drop, start dropping deep to help this lot. I look at it and I think Delhi must be thinking to himself when Mourinho managed Lampard. Lampard was already already on his way to being a top class player, but he just mm. gave him that bit of guidance to take him to that next level. And I'm sure Delhi looks at Mourinho and knows that he's got the ability to even captivate and you know really push his game on even further. And I say to a lot of these, I look at these players now and they look at Mourinho and his track record of what he's won, how he's won it, the, the players that he's managed. I think they all look up to him. Son has been speaking today about you know it's an honour to play for him. I think all these players genuinely believe that they can win trophies under him. But the great thing about Mourinho is that I do back him to, going back on the point, that he will get rid of the players that will stop him from achieving success at the football club. I genuinely do believe that. I don't think he will allow any of these players to derail what he has planned for the future. I think also, when you, use the, you say the comparison on Frank Lampard, it was here's a stat. Deli Alli has reached 47 uh, Premier League goals in 140 fewer, game, uh, fewer games than Frank mm. Lampard. So I think it does show you that... that 
Delhi, and I'm sure he took him on at a, a younger age, Jose Mourinho. I think um, right. when he took on Lampard, it was like he was 26 or something. Yep. He's getting Delhi out at 23. So I'm really excited to see what happens. Yeah, I think it's a good comparison you make. We spoke about Delhi a little bit, and I know we touched upon him earlier, Ericsson. Let's, I want to talk about that a little bit further because Jose seems to have. I don't want to say taking a shine to him, but it's a player that he is using, you know, he's bringing on. And you're saying that if he's already apparently told Jose and his team, look, you know, my mind's already made up, my mm. heart's set at the yeah. end of the season or January, I want to go somewhere else. Do you think that because Jose is still using him, that we may see Ericsson stay because he's still being that team, he's still being that line, he's being selected over other players? No, I think from the, the, some of the credible sources we've heard, I think Ericsson's yeah. mind is made up. I think he wants to yeah. go. I think Mourinho trusts him enough that he can call upon him to bring him on to see if he can make a difference but I don't think you're going to see Christian Eriksen start many games for Tottenham I think like I say Man United away is a big big game and if Eriksen was you know part of or pivotal to his plans he would start that game he's not even starting that game and you look at Tottenham down the years mm. Eriksen was always part of Tottenham's mm. big games he wasn't part of last night I think he's probably had that chat with Eriksen and Eriksen's probably given him the commitment that look if you call upon me I'll give yeah. him 100% He's not committed to the football club long term, but he'll give it give it his all. And it goes back to that point with Chelsea that it's just really worrying that you're giving a player that wants to be at the football club five minutes. You're giving Ericsson twenty five. I mean, I know someone had a go at me on Twitter saying, "Oh, but you know, you were praising the substitution against um, Olympiacos yes. when we were 2-0 down," and I, I acknowledge that. But the only point was that he changed the game. It could have been anyone that he could have used to change it, but it's that he had the actual bottle to bring someone on that has openly admitted he wanted to leave the football club. Mm. Spurs still wouldn't have got the result. I just fear for Lachelso long term. That at the moment, I know we're only four games. I'd love to see him start at the weekend. That's a great thing. I would love mm. to see Lachelso play against Burnley and be given the chance from the start to see what he can do. But I, I don't know. It's just really worrying for him at the moment. Well, on the contract rebels, then Jace. You know, maybe Ericsson won't be one that his mind will change and he will stay. But can we see maybe some of the other ones who have wanted out or haven't signed a new deal that actually now want to buy into this Jose project and maybe will stay around? I get the feeling, yeah. And- if they gave him the right contract, would stay. I'm not honestly not sure about the others. Honestly not sure. Do you, you want them to, you personally? No. No. Okay. And no. actually now it's it's not, not so much about them as a players. We need to rebuild. Yes. We mm. desperately, desperately need to do something. And for me it's just, look, just start rebuilding. Because yep. I'm sick of the sight of some of them. And it's, it's not, <laughs> like I say, it's not they're bad players, but they're tired They've got used to losing. It needs a freshen, so freshen it. Well, I, I'm not sure, but I think possibly Jamie might agree with you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 100%, 100% I agree with him. Um, I think that, as I've said, I think I said uh, a while ago, it just feels like so many of them have been here for so long and it does now need a, a, a refresh. And, and that's why I'd, I'm more than happy to let all three of them go, all the contract rebels. I think that Toby Alderweireld might stay because I do think that Jose Mourinho is a fan of him. Um, and whether he can kind of um, get Toby back to his best, but with Yamba Tongan, I'm not hundred. I'm not really convinced that they'll offer him a new contract. I think what's he 30, uh, 32, 33? I, I don't see them offering him a contract, and maybe not one that he'll want anyway. Um, and with Ericsson, I think that he is off. Um, it's, it's strange on Ericsson. I think that clearly um, Mourinho trusts him. Um, so I think a lot of people criticise Ericsson because of like his commitment levels or. Uh, no, his desire on the pitch and I think that may be harsh because there's no way Mourinho would be playing him if, no, if yeah. Christian Eriksen wasn't uh, working hard in training wasn't uh, giving it all on the pitch and I think that that shows that, that the fact he's using him that he does trust him but I think Jason's right I think that it is time to, to rebuild because there's a clear mentality issue in the club I think again it's just maybe it's not 
try and overreact to that result against Manchester United because mm. a lot of the problems that we've seen in that game is what we already really know. We know the defence is poor, we know players want to leave and it's now what Jose is having the chance to see as well in person being at the club. And I think Jason made the point that we did mention it'll be interesting to see what his reaction is going to be after a defeat. And I think after the game he spoke ever so well. I think what I think when he said about the slow start, he acknowledged that. Everything he said in his interview after the game was absolutely spot on. And that's the reaction that we were hoping to see. Mm. Because I think a lot of us were concerned that what we've seen so far from Jose is just this kind of humble person, but under the surface, that character is still there. But I do like what I'm hearing from him at the moment. Some of these players in an arm around them. Others, we need that ruthless streak. I think the problem with a lot of these guys is for five and a half years under Maurizio, he brought these players on so much, but he turned out to be more of a friend in the end than a coach. And that's why I think with some of the players... These individual errors, they, they stave in their game. We couldn't eradicate them. With Mourinho, they won't be given the chance to turn it around anymore. They've had that time. It's like, as Jason said, it's time to move some of these players on and bring in better players. My only concern is when, Jason, you rattled it off earlier, the list of what we need. That was seven or eight players. I just don't see where we've got the money hmm. for seven or eight players. It's, it's a really interesting one because Tottenham are in the midst of a rebuild. We're going to be speaking about the rebuild in the next hour, but there are huge uh, problems they need to solve, huge holes on the roster that they need to solve. But you can have your say and... Uh, what you think should happen. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 7020 Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Join in the studio with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand and Jason McGovern. We, we were talking all from the Man United game, the fallout from the disappointing 2-1 result up at Old Trafford on Jose's return. We'll be looking at the Burnley game a little bit later, previewing that and of course doing opposition view, which is always a fun one. But we have mentioned in the first hour the rebuild. Jason mentioned the positions that Spurs need, how much much of a big rebuild job that is. When you heard that, Ricky, you was a little bit surprised. You went, you was taken aback at just how much Spurs needed. But it sounds like, and Jamie, and, and I always go back to you, Jamie, this won't happen in one window, will it? And it certainly won't happen in this winter one, the January one. No, I mean, again, seven or eight players. I mean, we're not just going to turn over that many in January, no matter what happens. I mean, his comments after the game, I thought was interesting. He said he, said he needs real time in the weeks and months ahead to inject some intensity into the players as well as fix their concentration issues. My concern is that I don't think you can fix some of these guys' concentration issues. I think once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. And I think he's losing a battle with the likes of Danny Rose, Sergioria, I mean, Gazaniga, Sissoko. I mean, it's just, you're talking about basic errors that we've seen week after week from a lot of the same players. And to be fair, what will say Noria is that since Mourinho's came in, I saw a real kind of positive, you know, step over the last two or three weeks. But the problem is in him, he's always got that lack of judgment, poor decision making. And I just don't know if you can kind of get out of a player long term. (laughs) Why are you laughing? That's going to come in. So it's coming no, up. That means coming. Go on, James. Well, I just, that's why I can't see us getting a top four blazer going on a run of 10 wins in 12 because those mistakes will happen. And and as, as you said, it sounds when he says, I'm going to need a long time to to get that intensity back. Even he sounds like he's starting to think, do you know what? We ain't going to win seven of the next nine games or whatever you need to do. So can I just say, Charlie? Yes. Has, has there been a Bush took a trial in here? <laughs> <laughs> this has got to be the most filthy studio we've ever been in. I mean... We're setting it out. I, I, I won't say what we think is going on underneath the table, all those tissues. It's <laughs> some kind of episode of a... West Ham fans live in a better environment. <laughs> really? That's how bad it is. Well, well you say... You, you say that, you say that, but the problem is... It's like malaria tablets <laughs> coming in here or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the problem was, 
West Ham were in here on a Tuesday and then uh, this is how they leave it for you boys on a Thursday. Disgusting. Disgusting, isn't it? Typical West Ham. This, this, is, what happens, this, this is what happens when you're in the Champions League. You have to come in on Thursday night, so this is what you're subjected to. <laughs> this is it. This is it. It's, it's even this or Europa. I'm not too sure I'm considering it at the moment. Mm, this, is a, this is a bad Europa League <laughs> trip. Completely forgetting my thread of fault. Let's, let's go back to the rebuild, Jamie. Uh, uh, if we can get through the mess uh, here in the studio. Let's talk about... <laughs> Literally, <laughs> rebuild needs a cleaner, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jamie, help me. Back me up. I know I never back you up yes. on opposition view. Oh. But tell me about because you you've always mentioned the rebuild. Yeah. Even when it was Maurizio, you said how bad it was. Yeah, look, and I think one thing we need for this rebuild, and one thing that maybe when I had the arguments with Chris Cowlin uh, about what's more important, winning a trophy or the top four. I always said the top four because as it's always been clear. Even now under Mourinho, we need to rebuild and to rebuild properly. With with um, with proper money to be able to attract players to the club, um, we need Champions League football, and that's why for me, you know, whatever you say about the the winning the FA Cup and or, or going on a good run in the Champions League, the priority has to be on finishing in the top four. I think that's why it's so important, um, and, and that's why I want to see us prioritise that. Well, the is league. there is there a little bit of a worry, Jace? Because I know I, I, I won't say you was against the Jose appointment, but you know before he was announced or when we spoke about who could come in, you wasn't you know definitely not flying the flag for Mourinho. Now he's there, but is there a worry that because it is such a big re- rebuild job, he's not normally known for rebuilding squads? You know, normally only not teams for very long you know short term goals and he might be at Spurs for only a short amount of time is he the man that can do a rebuild well he's he's gone into sides more established than us put it that way in the past Uh, maybe that's part of it because if you think if you're not going to have Champions League football what is going to attract people to this club maybe Mourinho is a person that that people will think okay they're not in the Champions League this year but I can see where they're trying to go so I don't know. I mean, I, would, I was definitely against him in the appointment. Everyone knows that. But um, <coughs> I, I've, I said he's got a free pass to the end of the season, haven't I? I've mm. said that. I think it's, it's just really hard for him to get a tune. And until he can make the changes, it's going to be really difficult. Can I just say something? On that point you made there, Chaz, about him taking over teams at a certain level, Porto, Inter Milan... When yep, he took over those that. clubs, okay. they weren't flying high. They weren't really, you know... Yeah, then he, he, brought him, he does rebuild well after that. But... Okay. When has he done that Have after? we seen him being given the opportunity to? Have we seen him being given the chance to? Even Man United, when he took over that Man United team, that Man United team needed a lot of work. I know he spent a huge amount of money. Still I'm needs not, a lot of work. Yeah, still needs a lot of money. Continue. But can I be honest with you, whoever Tottenham would have hired after Mauricio Pochettino, they would have to spend a lot of money to get Tottenham back up to a standard of top four. It doesn't matter who it was. You could get the best coach in the world. I think we have got one of the best coaches in the world anyway, but you could pick Harry Houdini to come <laughs> and try and sort this mess out. Without spending money, you ain't going to sort the mess out at Tottenham. So it doesn't matter who you're going to bring in. Mm. But the fact of the matter is, with Mourinho, you've got a proven winner. And his appointment for me keeps the players like Kane, Son, Ali for at least one more yeah. year to say, look, we've got a man in charge now. Look at his track record. Look what he's won. Look where he's been. That gives some of those players the reassurance that this man can deliver, mm. but it's still going to take a huge amount of money. We're not yeah. getting away from that. That Man United game did not cover up any cracks for me that you saw in the Olympiacos, the West Ham game, mm. at the, the Bournemouth win. We can't defend. Doesn't but you say with that track record and that he can deliver is mm. exactly why I think he'll go for the FA Cup. And the, the problem with, with the... With the players he's got to replace and the money available if you don't get Champions League football is that the players he's got to replace, they're not going to bring much money in. So most of them are going to be leaving on free transfers and, you know, how much realistically are you going to get for a player like Aurea? But then you must think, Jason, in a way that he would not have taken this job on 
if he wouldn't have had the reassurance that money was going to be there for him, whether it's in January or the yeah. summer. Must have been, because why would you otherwise take over an ageing squad that needs, as you've said, six or seven players? He just wouldn't do it. Why would he do it to himself? He's coming back to Tottenham, I think, to prove a point. He's coming to a club that, for me, is a sleeping giant. He wants to try and prove that he can actually take a club that isn't already established, but he can take them there. Yeah. I, I genuinely do believe that because there would have been an easier way to wait for another job to come up. It's a comatose yeah. giant at the moment, mate. <laughs> Jamie. Yeah, look, I, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see whether he's uh, capable of rebuilding a team, but I think one thing that he does bring in terms of change to the club is the winning mentality. And, and, and I've, I've said it before, um, I think that's exactly what, the, what Spurs need with Maurizio there was times where we didn't quite go over the line, maybe even the Champions League final. Did we have the right attitude going into that game? With Mourinho, that will now change. There will now be a winning mentality at the club and, and, and hopefully whoever, whoever follows him, hopefully he'll, he'll, he'll set them up to have, to have changed that, the, the, the mentality of the club. I think that winning mentality will only come when he's changed those players. Those players don't have it. Uh, no, and, and I, to be fair, I don't, dis- I don't disagree with that at all. But I, I don't know. It's yeah. I think again, his appointment is just also. I agree on the players. That's one thing, but it's also in big games. And listen, United's a big game. He didn't win that last night. It's his big first challenge. I understand that. But I think you're right, Jason. Until he gets his players in there, mm. then you can't really judge him. But I do think over time, when the man is given the tools that he wants, I think in big games he does tend to get results. He knows how to set teams up. He knows how to get over the line. You know, we've got. We couldn't have hired a more successful head coach, manager, whatever you want to call him. Look at that CV. You don't just become a bad coach overnight. The guy's got endless trophies. I mean, I think for me, it's a really still positive appointment. I think you saw that with the free wins. He's got the respect of that dressing room. And I think at the moment, it'll work what he's got until January. But I think January is still a very difficult window to try and replenish the squad because everybody knows you're on the lookout for bargains. Tottenham typically they want to pay the, the the smallest fee, but they want to sell for the highest price. So January is not going to be an easy window at all for the football club. It really isn't to try and either bring players in or move players out. Mm. Well, we've had a question uh, on. You said you mentioned the big game management there. This question comes from Hotspur Hotspur uh, Hotspur Hotspot, shall I say? Sorry, not Daily Hotspur like we have in the studio. <laughs> this is more weekly Hotspur. Uh, I don't think anybody knew where they were playing last night. Positional play was awful. Really disappointed in Jose's management as well. Well, no decisive subs. Sissoko needed to come off straight away in the second half. To be honest, I'm not even sure why he started in Dombele. Well, I think I think we we said it's that players were sometimes caught out of position because they were having to cover cover for others. I think we Jason said it was Musa Sissoko at times was having to cover Serge Aurier, leaving Winks uh, all by himself. So. You know, it's, it just comes down to a fact. Uh, the matter, the, the oh, I, can't, I can't even get my words up. But it's it's the, because the players, in, the players in that team, they're just they're, they're not right. So, yeah. well, let's talk about the midfielding because I think it's been a big debate, hasn't it, uh, on the show today? We're talking about Winks, we're talking about Sissoko, and you know the fitness of your star man. You know the one you paid all the money for, your record signing. What is going wrong in that midfield battle at the minute, then, Rick? Well, we don't know our best centre midfield pairing. That's the key thing at the moment. Yeah. Do you um, think Jose doesn't as well? When you say no, of we, he you doesn't. mean he's only, listen, he's only no. been in the job no. three weeks, eight training sessions. He doesn't know yet. He doesn't. He's still getting to know the players. From an outsider, you could do as much punch as you want, but it's not the same as working with these players day in, day out. And it's going to take time. I think the problem he's got at the moment is that he looks at that that team at the moment. It's fragmented. Whatever way you look at it, you know you haven't really got a, a harmonious camp there because several players want to go still. 
And I think it's going to be very difficult until January to really try and address the issues Spurs have. He's battling to that point. I think with the options as well, we saw uh, against Bournemouth and Dombele and Dyer didn't work. Mm. And, and then yeah. we, we changed it up, brought in two new players. They didn't work. Nope. So it's very difficult for him. He doesn't really seem to have the options at the moment. Jase? That's what I said, isn't it? None of them, are, none of them particularly were. I think, I think if I look at a stereotypical Mourinho side, Dyer and Dombele, if they were both good enough, would be the pairing that he'd, yes. he'd like. Yes, yeah. Dyer to be the three years ago, or that, that type of player like he's always had, mm. and Ndombele being the, the Moussa Dembele type role. But maybe but one, neither of those mm. is anywhere near good enough at the moment in those roles. But one way they do get better is by game time, and maybe yeah. we just have to stick with them. And, and although it's difficult at the moment, hopefully by playing together and getting game time, they'll get used to each other and form a partnership. So we'll have to see. Because he, he did use Dyer at the start, didn't he? So he's obviously a player that he, he wants to use. Yeah. What, what he come the, back into the, the fold. Olympiakos pairing? That was Ndombele. Uh, Dyer, Dyer, well, Dyer played well every game from apart from the Winx. game last night. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, that was Winks, Winks and Dyer, wasn't Winks it? Winks and Dyer, short. Dyer definitely Dyer. played. Hundred yeah, Dyer because he brought. Up, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why yeah. I was surprised. You do free. You follow Spurs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is why I was really surprised that Dyer didn't play against Manchester United because he's kept him consistent. Why wasn't Why wasn't he in the side? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I, I thought he was, was dead it, set at the start. Look, I, I think with Dyer, he's, he's another player that's really struggled across the whole yeah. year. He's obviously come out of absolutely no ways. I think he's struggled with illness, really bad illness across the Is year. Is he struggling with confidence a little bit as well, Jamie? Well, it, there's that because if, you, if you're not playing then and you're not quite as fit, you're not as sharp, then then there's going to be a lack of confidence. I think it was the same with Deli Ali. I think that because he hadn't had a consistent run of games, um, and he came back into the side, and he's not quite as fit as he once was. It's going to take time, and once you're back up to speed, then you can kind of have those moments that allow you to have that confidence and, and get get it back. Absolutely. What do you make of the midfield? Tweet us at Love Sport Radio and have your say tonight on the show. Oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight. Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with a last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brandt and Jason McGovern talking everything where Spurs are concerned. We're going to be looking at that game with Burnley uh, in a, a little bit doing a preview. Daniel Black, sports reporter at the Burnley Express, will be joining us for that one. But as always, it is tradition. Adrian has called us. Adrian's corner. Adrian, you want to talk about last night and the midfield debate that we were having. Yeah, I just think that... Uh... It could be tweaked a bit. We need to give the back four confidence and just stiffen the midfield up. It might mean that uh, Lucas has to sit on the bench. But I'd like to see Dyer brought in because prior to last night's game, out of the six goals we conceded, three were from set pieces anyway. And we need height at the back, so he gives you that. But then I'd actually bring in... I'd bring in Foyt as well, along on the right side of midfield. And then you could play Endombele, you know, or Sissoko, or Winks. Give him a bit of license to move forward without being frightened about leaving mm. holes at the back. And Dyer would also, would also be a safeguard when Aurea's going forward because mm. teams are going to target us behind him now. They're going to hit balls into the space behind Aurea yeah. or try to and get, get a fast player to come down that side like Man United did with Rashford. I really want to play like Eric Dyer in the team. I just question his performance. I don't know what you've made of how Eric Dyer's played under Mourinho so far. Well... His best game was away at West Ham, really, wasn't it? The other mm. games, he, he's, he's still rusty. Yeah. But what do you do? I mean, like, is, is Wanyama fit? You know, well, there is you he go. good enough? I, for me, I said earlier, I think that it's about giving these players game time. And that's the only way it's going to come back. I think with Deli Ali, we saw it took him a while after he came back from injury to kind of get going. 
With Eric Dyer, we know he's a player that Jose Mourinho has tried to sign in the past. So I, th- I think you're right. I think that, that, that Dyer does need to be a guy that's now um, the, the stonewall guy in that midfield. The thing is, every Premier League side plays at least three players in the middle. Yeah. You're always outnumbered unless you're really on your game on the front foot. Mm. I, I, and to be fair, I think we've got the front three of if you've got Deli Ali, Jungmin Son, and Harry Kane. That's so that's more than enough in attack. Yeah. I feel at the moment. And, and I, agree. I think you're right. We need to stiffen it up because oh, go, go. Then, then the back four start getting a bit more confidence in themselves. You know, we will concede less because even when we've won games, we've conceded goals. You know, so something has to be done. And I and I really think Fife could do a sort of midfield right hand side midfield role. You know, and mm. plus he's he's so good on the ball. He's so yeah. technically good. A bit do, rash at times. You know. Do but, you think he could do a better job than and than than the Celso would? No, but he'd do a better job than Sissoko because he's just technically better. Mm, Sissoko's okay. clumsy, isn't he? He's better off. He'd be better off like in front of a, a Dyer and Dyer and a Foyt, you know, mm. doing what he does going forward, you know. But he's not. He's no defender, Sissoko. Hold on, Adrian. I'm just a bit lost here. You're playing Foyt on the right side of midfield in front of Oria. No, 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 no. Or instead playing of Oria, playing him. So you'd have Dyer. Say and Dembele, Winks or Sissoko, and then you'd have Foyt. But you've still got Aurea at you've right. You've still got Aurea at right, so right. Foyt would cover the space when Aurea goes right, by Right, right, I'm forward. with you, sorry. I was, because, I was... because this is what happened yesterday with Sissoko getting caught out for the penalty, and, and Man United kept coming down that side. Yep. I'd sooner see Foyt play at right back, so he's not constantly caught and leaving that hole in the first place. But, but well, well, yeah, I still have worries about Foyt at right, right back. back but... I thought Mourinho I think I, I, like, oh. I think he likes Aurea's crossing ability, or he sees something in him I don't. I, you know. I, th- I I'm, this is one thing I, I really think that Juan Foyt could be, could make a really good or a decent right back, um, certainly better than Sergio Aurea. Um Look, he's a guy that that's played regularly for the Argentine national team. Um, I think he played well against what was it where when we went to Red Star, he played well a well well away at Red Star. So. I don't know, that's that's something, an option that I'd like uh, Mourinho to maybe consider when for it right back. What yeah, do you or, or you stop or you stop Aurea going forward like that, you know, or you just yeah. play Foyt at right back and drop Aurea. Hey, does it worry you that Sessignon can't get a look in at the moment? Because even Mourinho's recent comments seem to suggest that he's quite far away from being in his thoughts. Mm. I think he's worth a gamble at left back. Oh, yeah, or, no, I agree. Or try five at the back. Yeah, 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 put I agree. Sessignon, put Sessignon at the wing back. Then have your three centre backs and let Foyt go bombing on. But then again, then it's a question of like again in midfield they've got to bomb on and push pressure on because you're leaving two in midfield unless you're going to play like you know three five two. Adrian, Jay said that uh, potentially the re- rebuild is seven or eight more players that Spurs no, need. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, if this fails with uh, Mourinho up to January, I can see him then, t- and there is no chance of top four. Then he's got every excuse to play youngsters. But he won't. He's not a great gambler, so he won't play the youngsters. But Jaffet Tentanga will probably come into play if, you know, after Christmas appearance, we haven't gained sufficient points to keep us in the hunt. Yeah, Adrian. And don't forget we've been unlucky with Ben Davis being injured. Yeah. Yeah, because he obviously started him in that West Ham game and he had to go back to Rose. Adrian, really appreciate you calling as always. Cheers, a tradition on the show. Adrian's corner there. Uh, really interesting at that midfield battle. Uh, Chase, he said that Spurs don't need seven or eight players there. I think in time, though, be, be, before <laughs> next season they will because you know, if Rose goes, you do need to buy a second left back. 
Well, not so. You've got Wanyama coming out of contract, Rose out of contract, Aldevira, Vertonghen. Exactly. But you four. Eric, yeah. So, I mean, you know, if if Toby and Yan leave and your centre-halves next season are Foyth and Sanchez and one of them gets injured or suspended, who's who's going at centre-half? So you've got to bring players in. I don't know, but Scunthorpe away will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think also he said with with the left-back issue, he's also said, hasn't he, with with Sessignon, he doesn't feel as though he's ready to play as a left-back. So, again, that's another, I think... Obviously, lots of people have suggested that he could play there, but now that's kind of an option off the table. So, really, only leaves us uh, with Danny Rose and Jan Vertonghen. Two players who could potentially leave next summer. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting one. Talking of the midfield and the rebuild, and we're looking towards Burnley on the weekend. Obviously, Potch was known for changing the, the side up. There was a stat, I think it was a different first 90, 11. 96 games. Yeah, 96 94, games. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. In- incredible. Do we think that Jose obviously wants to be the one to have this settled side now? And at the minute, obviously, he, he just can't do that. But he, he would look to be someone that will do that, Rick. Well, I think we've seen it over the past four games. He hasn't made too many changes. Really? Well, false changes, obviously. Yeah, you forced. mentioned the, yeah, the Ben Davies, ben Davies stuff, injury. Yeah. I think he's tried to keep as what he can as a settled side. But, I mean, as we keep saying on numerous times, on numerous shows, um, you can't legislate for individual mistakes being made by these players. And he can only work with what he's got until January. So, yeah, I mean, he'll have to pick the similar kind of team against Burnley and hope they can do the job it's interesting we talk about you know where we have to move on from these players the players aren't good enough and you mm. can't account for individual mistakes but this is still a squad and a side that did get to a European what? Cup final how can it now be someone we really need to move on from I, I don't know it's just, it does I mean, turn listen, around but that feels like quite a goal when you say it like that yeah there's, there's no doubt we've got quality decent quality in the squad there is there's quality players there yeah. but for all the quality we've got we've also got a huge amount of players that make individual errors on as we say uh, a weekly basis and you can't get away from that I mean it, it's glaring every game isn't it I mean the games we've won under him so yeah. far in those games we've conceded they've all been majority down to individual errors can't defend set pieces which again is maybe tactical it's something we've got to look at maybe zonal marking or, or changing that up but I think there comes a point where you have to say the group we've got they just simply aren't good enough I think Jason made a great point earlier that this group unfortunately they've lost too many times yeah. and you know it's not a trait that you can carry on with and especially under this particular head coach that demands winning mm. who is built on you know building teams to win trophies multiple trophies to get over the line in competitions uh. He I won't the, stand for it. I think the Champions League final as well has given one or two of those players false impressions of themselves. I mean, Delhi says last night about us going there with arrogance. Yes, yeah. You think we've just beaten West Ham and Bournemouth and suddenly we're going somewhere with arrogance. And that's within just, what, mm. three games of Mourinho. There's, there's part and of And only 3-2. It's not like we've beaten it's 5 like, or 6-0 either. It's like we'll play Sheffield United at home and think, yeah, but we won the Champions League final. Yeah. Sheffield United... That's part of the problem, and that's why I say that's why I'd, I'd get rid of so many because that's yeah. in their heads now. You, you mentioned that the players it's in their heads. You know they've, they've lost too many times. It becomes a scar. You know that won't heal, and, and they they can't get over that. It's in their psyche. You know they don't have that mentality. But now they have a winner's mentality for a coach. Can Jose not ch- no. change no. them? No. Never. I mean, you, you I mean, cannot. You you're, you're all in, unanimous. There. I think it's better. I, I think it's I, I better disagree. that we go for a fresh start anyway no, I, and just bring in some new players. That because I think a lot of them came arrived at the club when we were still playing at White Hart Lane in mm. you know in a, a not that was it thirty six thousand capacity stadium, a side that didn't never got into the top four. Now we're a side that's got one of the best stadiums in the world, one of the best training facilities in the world, um, and obviously consistently in the Champions League, Champions League finalists, uh, obviously title challenges. It's now a really attractive club and and a club that. 
players coming in will, will, will be able to believe in this club and I think too many of them kind of still see us as that club that was playing at 36,000 seater stadium but quickly Ricky isn't that a different question I think Spurs need new players to mm. add to it but the question is I was saying you can change a player's mentality can't you to some degree you can't ever say they're all wait, that's it then they're losing they no, might no, as well no, play. but to some degree but I think you look at the teams that were taken over and achieved success Klopp changed his squad Guardiola changed his squad um, you, even I, I wouldn't I, I, yeah but I would say that Liverpool didn't have, didn't have as much as Spurs do now no that's true but I, go, I even go back to the very very start when Mourinho took over Chelsea how many did that team did he end up buying different players for you know Liverpool how much did they evolve you know Man City yeah, the, how much that Chelsea teams... squad wasn't believed that they could win the league before when it was going great mm. under Mourinho Tottenham were challenging and they did believe that Chelsea couldn't so but, how can we now say these players don't have that but Tottenham even though okay we got to a Champions League final Tottenham Hotspur squad to a point in a title challenge that we saw last season up until the Burnley game, we've seen with Spurs season after season that, season that mentality-wise, we just ha- could not get over the final line. Whether it was mm. FA Cup semi-finals, League Cup finals, Champions League final, wherever you look at Tottenham generally over the last two or three years, but they didn't have there's a Mourinho. mental block. But I think I think a lot of them also. I think it comes down to age as well. I think yeah. if you if you're not at like that at what 27, 28, I don't think you'll be able to coach that into a player. I think it's maybe too late, and and that's why bringing in young players like Le, uh, like Le like Ndombele, like Sessignon, you can coach them at, that that into Spot them. On. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting debate where they do have Jose now, the the serial winner. What will Spurs go on to do? We still want to hear from you tonight, 0208 70 20 558. But it is Burnley on the weekend. Hopefully Spurs and Jose will get back to winning ways. We're going to preview the game next. Love sports. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand and Jason McGovern talking everything where Spurs are concerned. We wanted you to join in tonight and you have this time Will calling us from the States again. Will, always a pleasure uh, to have you on the show, taking the time out from the States to call us. I know you want to talk a little bit about Harry Kane and Spurs' recruitment. Yeah, hey guys. Uh, great show as always. Um... Boy, one, one thing uh, I'm noting is uh, uh, how quickly the glow seems to have, uh, have come off after uh, one loss. And these, mm. this show sounds a lot like the uh, pre, uh, <laughs> pre-patch firing shows, so that's kind of depressing. Um, We're trying to keep it know, as upbeat as we can. We're, we've tried to keep it as and upbeat no, as possible. And, and, and I, I'm in the same place, you know... Uh, uh, this is all water, water under the bridge, but one thing that just it just frustrates me is that uh, I was listening today about you know the resurgent Leicester, right? And they only have two players on the team apparently uh, who were on that team that won the championship: Jamie Vardy and Casper Schmeichel. Otherwise, the whole roster has been turned over. And you know you compare that to our team that was chasing them. Mm. And, uh, boy, it's 90%, right? 80% the same roster. So, uh, and what's really frustrating is that, you know, rather than one of the biggest players in Europe, you know, players who were excellent in the championship, who were good fits, who could have been good fits for Spurs, uh, you know, guys that we were, uh, you know, we were linked with Madison, right? We're linked mm. with Chilwell. We're linked with uh, Tillmans, right? And, you know, not big buys, you know. Uh, and all three of those guys now has, you know, they've transformed that club, and they so easily could have been in our club for, you know, nowhere near, you know, crazy money. So, you know, all that is, it, it's like, a, you know, it's just, 
it's just really, really frustrating. But here we are, right? We are where we are. Um, you know, I'm with Jason. You know, we've got to turn the roster over. You know, I, I'm as big a Lamel fan as you're going to find, but he's a waste of roster space. You know, you, you know, he plays five games and he's gone for four months. You can't have it. You know, Wanyama, a waste of roster space. You know, and now, you know, Denny Rose is a, is a, waste, of, a, a waste of roster space. And on and on. So I, you know, it, uh, and it was really kind of shocking and disappointing that um, Mourinho said that uh, Fernandez is the kind of player, uh, you know, out of Portugal that is, too, you know, that we can't afford. So uh, there's a little rant. So who can we afford? Um, <laughs> you know? And what's next? Well, one thing, one thing I'd say on not being able to afford Fernandez, I think that maybe one thing he might be talking about is spending that sort of money in an area that maybe Spurs are really quite strong in. I think if you look at maybe options that we do have there, you've got Lachelso, you've got Deli Ali, uh, you've even got someone like Ndombele. So there's there's plenty of options there um, to play in that sort of you know number ten role. I think maybe if we were, if I hope that's what he's talking about, and maybe. If we were to spend that sort of money, it would be on in positions that we um, that we need that we need. So that's that's what I hope well, that that he's sense. talking about. I hope so. I hope so. And um, have you guys? And I, I only picked you up in the second hour. Has there been any talk of kind of what's up with Harry? Boy, yeah. if you watched that game yesterday and you were told that the best you know striker, supposed best striker in the world, was playing yesterday. And you, and you weren't told in advance who it was, well, you would have thought for sure it was Rashford. I mean, you know, Harry, and the last couple games, his touch seems to have left him. He seems to be slow moving the ball. Uh, gosh. And, and it's shocking to me as I continue my rant. <laughs> it was funny, Will. You caught up and said, oh, at the moment, it's really depressing, like three pot shows. I thought you could be cheering us up. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> I thought it was going to be an invigorating call. I'd like to be lifted. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Um, <laughs> well, Will, you mentioned about Harry Kane. We did talk about him in the first hour. What have you picked up on in those games? Because a lot of people saying, obviously, look, world-class striker. I mean, that's never in debate. But him as a captain, his captaincy, maybe he's not best suited to that armband. Well, I, I never thought he was uh, kind of the right captain for us. And, you know, it's too bad Dyer's in such bad form because he's really the guy, right? He's the guy that you see, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, pointing at people, uh, you know, screaming, kind of taking charge in center there. And, you know, before he had that, you know, that terrible year last year and all the injuries, you know, when he was consistently being caught up on England, he was talk, being talked of as the England captain. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I, – I, it's just not Harry's personality, right? He leads by example, but he's not – you know, he's not sort of that, I don't know, Roy Keane type, right, that's going to, you know, get barking and get the team moving. And I don't know, other than Dyer, who might be. Yeah, it's an interesting one, obviously, with Hugo out. You know, that captaincy is up for debate. Will, we really appreciate you calling, especially from the uh, from the States. You know, uh, really appreciate that effort, getting um, in on the last word on Spurs. Just on that, though, in fairness, who is a captain in the Premier League in that, in that the old John Terry, Roy Keane, Tony Adams type style? Mm. You know, it doesn't Modern seem to be, captain, does it? I mean, yeah. you look at Manchester City, their main captain is David Silva. Mm-hmm. He's not like that. No. Yeah, it's a good point. It, it just seems to be, you know, it, it seems you don't have that character anymore. 
those Burnley players, I mean, it'll be, it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to be like at the weekend because I think those guys, they, they've not been on the great run recently under Sean Dyche. They're, they're under a lot of, lot of pressure. So that's a game you expect Tom to go there and get, get the three points. Let's be honest, back at home after we've obviously got the result against Bournemouth, we've won Olympiacos there. We need to make the home ground now, especially the fortress. I think that's been one of the issues that, especially now, that new stadium, having 60,000 fans in there, 55,000, we have to start making that place a fortress. Mm. Like the way that Wild Lane was. At the, I think was Jose, that yeah, Jose Mourinho, after, I think it was Olympiacos, he said he was shocked at how kind of uh, shy and timid we looked He said they were at scared home. at almost playing at home, not yeah. yeah, so that, it shows you that the, there is a lack of confidence playing at home and that's mm. something that hopefully he can address as well. A fear planning their own ground. Well, I feel a bit down after talking to him. Well, I thought he was <laughs> going to cheer us up. I mean, more worrying, it sounded like he was driving. Uh, <laughs> let's, quickly, let's quickly talk about the Burnley game though now. Maybe parked up to make that call. <laughs> let's talk about Burnley, obviously on the weekend. Burnley, no, never an easy game. You know, we know what you get with a Sean Dyche side. Well-drilled, mm. well-disciplined, you know, very... Very, very dangerous from set pieces. We're not sure of the lineup as well. Ricky, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I'm just reading some of the stats here. They have doubled the points they did at this stage last season, um, despite putting one of their poorest performances against Man City during the week. It's never easy. I think we saw that, you know, cut the season's got Wembley. We, we struggled. I think they scored against in the last minute. Um, never yeah. an easy place to, to never say never an easy place or to go or certainly to play them at home because you just yeah. don't know what kind of team they're going to set up. Are they going to are they going to sit in yeah. and ask us to break them down? The concern that I think with Tottenham at the moment is that we're not good enough to defend, which means we've got to try and outscore the opposition. Yeah. Now I think we've got to have you know the likes of Deli Ali, Harry Kane, Hummin Son, Lucas Moura on top form. I just wonder what we'll do in terms of that midfield. I think everyone will be looking at the midfield pairing and what he's going to do. I think Dyer he might end up recording in for this one potentially. Yeah, I think well, one thing is it'll be interesting to see how we deal with uh, teams that do come in and park the bus. I think with uh, with Bournemouth and Olympiacos we kind of haven't really. Um, had to deal with that I think under Pochettino earlier in the season when we played Newcastle we really struggled to break mm. them down so I think it'll be interesting if we do have a Burnley side come to come to the lane on, on the weekend see if whether how we can break them down if they do sit deep but I think it, it's of course going to be a difficult game I think last year what was it we, we lost 2-1 to them away mm. yeah. um, and then we I think it was what we beat them was it 1-0 I think we beat them 1-0 at Wembley um, so yeah it's, I think it's going to be a very difficult more of a question game. for Jace this one Jace does it worry you the fact Davinson Sanchez is up against Barnes and Woods does that worry you that Barnes it, is out I think I think Barnes is out maybe but that aerial battle Sanchez has really got to be on his game hasn't he <laughs> he has but then at corners Toby's Toby's yeah, got to yeah. be on his I mean, we've got to be on our, our metal all over the pitch haven't we but I mean you know you, you say maybe Dyer will come in but if Burnley park a bus do you really want Eric Dyer? Well, I'm, Eric I'm, only, Dyer do I'm only looking at what he's probably going to do. Not that what I would want. I, I maybe wouldn't want him to be there, Dyer, if it's, if it's my preference. But I'm trying to think what Mourinho will likely do. Dyer's started the majority of the games he's had so far under him. And he'll probably mm. bring him in. I, th- I mean, you know, the interesting thing will be Burnley's approach to it. Because, you know, as much as Dyche wants to play that football, you'd look at Tottenham and say, the best way to ever go at Tottenham is to attack Tottenham. Mm, Mm. Get at Tottenham. Really force that back four into mistakes because there's plenty in there. So go at Tottenham. I mean, Southampton, I mean, that Southampton, Burnley should come and do what Southampton did at the Emirates the other day where you'd expect Southampton to go there and park there, you know, get everyone behind the ball. They went at Arsenal, didn't they? The whole game and mm. ripped Arsenal to pieces. Should have won the game. Burnley should actually take heart from that and come come to Tottenham and play that way. Well, it's an interesting one. Maybe... Sheffield United played that way against us, didn't they? Yeah. Came at us. Yeah. They, and, you know, Spurs are conceding goals at the minute. Will they play that way? Someone who will know a little bit more than us it is Daniel Black, sports reporter for the Burnley Express. He's going to join us next. Love sports. 
That's right. It is time for the opposition view on Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joining in the studio with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand and Jason McGovern. Burnley on the weekend. We know Burnley are a tough side. I'm joined now by Daniel Black, sports reporter at the Burnley Express. Daniel, thank you for joining us tonight and giving us a little bit of your time. Burnley, in different seasons so far, what have you made of it? Yeah, it's been a, it's been quite a funny one, really. It's slightly inconsistent, but I think that's just down to the way the Premier League's falling this year. It's just so unpredictable, and, and teams are beating each other, and sides are picking up three points when you don't expect them to pick up three points. And it's it's been that kind of roller coaster for Burnley, really. They, they seem to pick up a win here and there, and then they'll go on a stretch of defeats. Um, so it's hard to predict what you're going to get from them at the minute. I think uh, one thing Sean Dyche said in his press conference today was that Ashley Barnes was a doubt for the game. I mean, what what kind of an impact will not having him uh, have? Yeah, I think we saw uh, the impact his absence had against City. Uh, I mean, as good as City City were, and it was probably one of their best performances of the season, he had to go 4-5-1, um, and that kind of let them off the hook a little bit because with, with how vulnerable they've been at the back... Um, having the physicality of Wood and Barnes at the top would have caused them a few problems. And instead you find yourself with Wood as the lone striker mm. and, and Hendrick as in, in playing in the number 10 role. And it just doesn't have the same effect at all. Um, and Barnes and Wood have played together for so long. Mm. You know, they, they started out at Brighton. Uh, they've come through at Burnley and the goal scoring record is it, it, phenomenal. You know, it speaks for them, speaks for itself. So when they are separators, you do see that Burnley do struggle. They don't have that same threat if, if, if you will um, and it you know it's, it, it does it does aid the opposition when, when, they're, when they're not together Dan with Burnley's well I say Burnley's defensive record you look at Tottenham's defensive record as well how do you think Burnley will approach the game do you think they'll come and try and attack Tottenham I think it, it, it all depends on um, who they've got fit um, you know said, they said today that you know Barnes, Barnes was one um, Charlie Taylor who's a roaming full back He's another doubt. Uh, Ashley Westwood, who provides the press from midfield, he's he's also a doubt as well. So it, it, it all depends what personnel he's um, he's got available to him. But I'd be surprised if if he opted to go four five one again. Um, <clears throat> I think he will revert back to the four four two and and kind of go at them because you know they they have been uncharacteristically unca- uh, permeable for a for a Jose Mourinho side. So I think you know they they have got to get at them. Because if you let Spurs come at you, you know there's only going to be one outcome. Dan, Burnley were on a run of 3-0 results. Absolutely fine, looking brilliant. And in the last two games, lost to Palace at home and then obviously City come to town. But they've just sort of in a mini slump, as it were. What's gone wrong? Yeah, they'd lost the three beforehand as well. Um, they were hard done to at Leicester. Um, bit of a dodgy VAR decision. Mm. Um, they were better against both Chelsea and Sheffield United. You know, they were... They were way off, off, off par then, and then um, they pick up the two wins, and you, and you think they're uh, you know back on track, and then and then Palace come, you create chances, and it, it was just one of them days where it just just didn't fall for them, and uh, Palace probably had two shots on goal and uh, and scored them both, so it was you know it's it, it, nothing to worry about at the minute, but as, if they do get beat on Saturday, you know it's it's three defeats on the bounce again, and then you're starting to feel the pressure a bit again. 
Dan, uh, obviously, uh, uh, Jamie mentioned no Barnes on the weekend, and but Jason earlier mentioned on the show that the best way uh, for Burnley to win this game would be attacking Spurs, you know, coming at them. That's what other teams have done, not to sit back, not saying that Sean Dyche's side do sit back, but what will their tactics be in this game, do you reckon? Yeah, I think I think they have got to revert back to the four four two. you know, that has served them so well in the Premier League. Um, you know, it's, it, it gives them that strength. It's, you know, two strong banks of four, um, with a t- with a physical two up, up top, you know, he, he might uh, choose to bring Jay Rodriguez in um, this weekend and, and partner him with Chris Wood. Um, and then the key to unlocking the Spurs' defence is, is Dwight McNeil. You know, he's just turned twenty and he's been an absolute revelation. He's he's been absolutely superb and probably one of the most exciting young English talents uh, on the scene at the minute. You know, he's he's been invited to train with the England senior team. He's He's made his under-21 debut, um, so he's really going in the right direction. He's a really, really exciting player. So they have got to be, they have got to get Dwight McNeil on the ball, um, and I think you know maybe bring Robbie Brady back into the side as well, and uh, hope, hope he um, fires. Do you think we might see um, Aaron Lennon feature on the weekend? Is that a possibility? It, it is a possibility. Yeah, it, it disappointed to, to be honest um, midweek. He was getting into some really promising crossing positions, and then every time, just he was just getting stood up by Angelino, and he didn't really have an answer to it. Um, he kind of panicked and you know probed, but but never delivered, and um, it was a frustrating one for him really. So it's 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 one of them. It's he may he might look at freshening things up a little bit, Darch. Well, both teams are looking to bounce back, Daniel. What is your score prediction? It's a tough one at the minute. Like I say, you know, Spurs are conceding goals. They've scored two um, in every game under Mourinho, but they are also scoring goals as well. So um, it could be a high-scoring one. I'm, maybe 3-1 Spurs I'll go for. Ooh, 3-1 Spurs. Oh. I know they will take that. Daniel, thank you for joining us tonight and giving us some of your time. Daniel Black there, sports reporter at the Burnley Express. He was going for a Spurs win 3-1. Jace, do you agree with him there? No. <laughs> no idea, mate. I don't know what side by side we're going to get. So, probably as a prediction, I'd go 2 0 Spurs. But then I think, how the hell are we going to keep a clean sheet? Mm. Yeah, it is at home, though. And obviously, you mentioned it, wanting to change that uh, mm. stadium into a fortress. They're a little bit scared there. And we're obviously looking for a reaction. I think we'll get one. Yeah, I think so. And uh, overall, I think we have been fairly decent at home. So, I'm, I'm not too concerned. I think that Burnley are a side that we, that we can beat. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think that it's definitely. I think Spurs are definitely uh, favourites for this one. They are favourites for this one. Is it a worry that obviously we can say, "Oh, Spurs have conceded two goals under Mourinho," but we have to remember that it was very late against Bournemouth and it was very late against West Ham. Sort of the scores. I don't want to say the games are won then, but the scoreline maybe flattered mm. Bournemouth and West Ham ever so slightly. Yeah, I think you also Bour- got to look at the fact we've scored a lot of goals. We've scored a lot of goals. Bournemouth had twenty odd shots at goal. So, okay, they got the two goals late, but you can't be conceding 20-odd shots at home. We are still scoring a lot of goals, though, Jason. I, I mean, mean Gaz- I agree with you on that. We're still scoring a lot of goals, though. Every time we look, go, look going forward, we're not going to score. Gazaniga made two or three saves at nil-nil against Bournemouth. He's there to make we're, not, we're not discounting that, but I think also going forward, I don't think night. we've got a problem in terms of attacking-wise, and I think we've got more than enough quality on the pitch to see off Burnley, and I am confident we're going to see a response. I think we will. Yeah, we will. I'm going to go for a 3-1 Tottenham. All right, you only got that from Daniel. Uh, well, I've got, I was going to say 3-1 myself. I'm going 3-1. 3-1, he's going for it. Jamie, we didn't get your prediction, yes. but you were um, still making the point about being at home. Sorry. 
No, I, I do. As I said, I do think it will be a Spurs win. I think it will be tighter than than three one. I'm going for two one Spurs. Um, yeah, I think we'll win. And and we're looking at these next run of fixtures. Then you know it is Burnley at home. Uh, and who else have you got there? I'm just trying to you, you know it's it's, it's a decent Bright, run of fixtures. Well, yeah, but you know you've qualified now, haven't you? So the, yeah, the that, next game becomes yeah. play the kids. Uh, you, well, well, it's... well, you should though, shouldn't you? Because you you can't get that first seed, Jace. No, no. No, so, you can't. No, no. Yeah, no, we can't catch Bayern. So I think that will be a game where both sides, obviously, we've qualified as well. So also we, and Sessing Young can exactly start. As, as John said, it's um, last week. I think it'd be a good chance for maybe some of the young players to feature. Um, although saying that, I think that we won't see Troy Parrott because um, I think, as John pointed out, Spurs are still uh, capable of qualifying in the youth league. So I'm sure that he'll be involved in in the youth game uh, earlier in the day. But um, yeah, I think over Christmas we got a fair. It's I don't know. It's fairly mixed. I think we got. Uh, Wolves and Chelsea after under Burnley, so that that's obviously very Wolves difficult. away as well. Molyneux, a really tough place to exactly. go. Exactly, so side. that's that's going to be a very difficult game. And all, I mean, they're all tough places. I think they are. They are those chances in every Premier League game is tough. Whether at home or away, I don't care how you dress them up. They're all going to be tough games. But I'm still yeah. more confident now, with Mourinho in charge. Than I was previously, and it's nothing against Maurizio Pochettino, but I still think we will get results. We will. Man United is the blip. We are now going to go on a run. We are going to go on a run. Yeah, you have said it here first. Clip it, clip it. <laughs> well, why not? We've just gone through on the bounce beforehand. Yes, it's a reality check, but I think we've said it on this show before that maybe he needs to know what it's like to lose here uh, to try and take this Spurs squad yeah. forward. I do genuinely <clears throat> believe that what? because all the flaws we've seen is what he already knows to some degree. Also, no one wants to lose, but if we are in a rebuild, he needs to lose to know who's going to stay around long term and who's just not going to cut the mustard, Jamie. I, th- I think this could be a good chance for him to maybe show how he responds to, to this because I think a lot of people are saying, wait till he gets into a bad patch and then see if it ch- he changes his attitude. Obviously, he's been, yeah. you know, he's been a great character to have at the moment, but I think we saw as United, he got, you know, quickly became very moody when, when results weren't going his way. So... I think it's going to be very interesting to see kind of how he now responds to this, and I think that if he does respond well, I think he'll it will certainly silence a few critics. It will silence a few critics, obviously. Jace, you go along with that. <laughs> <laughs> I just think just get to August the fifth or whatever it is next year, start next season. Is that it? You're already looking towards next season. Yeah, I, 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 that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, because off. you even said that they're going for this cup run. Why not? How can you look to next season already? We're in December. That's no, not I even begun yet. Knockout stages in Champions League. You no, never no, know. I think in terms of the Premier League, it's it's about getting a side ready to go for next season and, and bring those bring a few changes in January. With that, I, I think you will get inconsistency until he can get his genuine side and make those replacements. So. For me, you've got six months to build a side for next season for the Premier League. Yeah. Still enough to play for this season. We've got so much to play for. Yeah. Champions League yeah. knockout stages, FA Cup still to come. I'm still not running us out of the top four. Yeah. I'm really not. Yeah. I still think teams will drop points. Mm-hmm. Chelsea are not there yet. Frank Lampard is still an inexperienced manager. That squad has still got a lot of inexperience in it, a lot of youth players in it. Mourinho has been there, done it, manager. Do like, not give up yet. Like Kevin Keegan. No, and as Lee McQueen says, you, everyone needs to have a dream. Exactly. If you don't have a <laughs> yeah, dream, true. see, you've got one, haven't you, now, Rick? We Back. are going to, I still think we've got a really good chance of making that top four. You shouldn't write us off just yet. You shouldn't write us off just yet. No better way to end the last word on Spurs. That was the last word on Spurs. A passionate Ricky Sack speech then. I absolutely loved it. You can see us because we're not looking to the 5th of August. We're looking to next Thursday when the boys are back in the studio as they are every Thursday right here on Love Sport Radio. 
Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.